welcome to another episode of Stamper Cinema, the film discussion podcast where you choose it, I watch it, and we discuss it. As always, I'm your host, my name is Andrew, and in this week's installment, we're going to be taking a little trip back to the 1990s, although last week's episode was a trip back to the 1990s, but the film took place in the 1970s because the previous couple episodes I've been doing also were about the 1970s. You know what? I'm getting a little uh, cross-eyed here trying to make sense of the details. The point is... We've got a movie from the 1990s that I thoroughly enjoy, uh, thoroughly enjoy in The Truman Show. And the guests we've got to help us navigate our way through this wacky journey of a just an absolute banger of a film is a host of a podcast of the, the Hero's Journey podcast, in fact. And we've got Heroic uh, joining us. Now, if you are new to this channel, thank you very much for finding us. Please do me a favor and hit subscribe. And definitely subscribe to Heroic's work. I will have the show links in the the show notes. So definitely do me a favor and Heroic a favor by subscribing. As always, please leave reviews, tell your friends, and all those wonderful things. But without further ado, let's just dive right on in to the Truman Show. So hello, uh, so Heroic, hello. How's it going, man? Thank you very much for being on the show. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, I've wanted to come on for a while and discuss one of my favorite movies, so I can't wait to jump right in with it. Dude, The Truman Show is such a great movie. Now, before we get into it, if you wouldn't mind just letting the listeners know a little bit about what you're up to, what it is that you do, what some of your passions are, uh, just even casually going through your your bio, I see that we we share some similarities. But if you wouldn't mind just opening up yourself to the listeners, who is Heroic? Yeah, no problem. So um, a lot of you probably haven't heard of me because I'm very new to what I do, but I'm a music producer, producer and artist. Um, so I've been really into that. I'm going to start going to college for it. Uh, and it's really just something I want to do like as a career going forward. On top of that, I host my own podcast, Heroes Journey, where I talk to mostly music artists, but really anyone in the public eye about like, what they do, and then tie it back to, okay, how did you get here? What's the journey you took? What was like your early stages like? Um, and just getting to know on top of like their music, their comedy, whatever they do, just getting to know the person in general. Right on. Now, I know just in our conversation that we've spoken to, you live in the New York area. Are you from there originally? No. So I'm actually from Los Angeles, uh, born and raised and then a couple years back, my family moved to New York, which was hard at the time, but I think beneficial in the long run, like just to see a new culture grow up in a new area. Um, I traveled a lot growing up, but it's different to like stay in one place and live somewhere rather than like visit for a couple days a week, whatever it is. Um, and then, yeah, so... Grew up in Los Angeles, love LA. I think it's one of the, if not the best city in the world, especially for creatives, music, entertainment, anything like that. Um, and yeah. That's awesome. So what about your podcast? What can you tell us about your podcast? Yeah. So as I said, a lot of the episodes are talking to music artists. And I think it's awesome just because like it's, I I enjoy it having conversations with people where we have a similar interest or things that we both like 
and we just both get so excited about it and like dive in so that's why although i interview all kinds of people whenever it's a music artist and it's mostly a music artist it's just a lot of back and forth where i've had moments where we're like talking and you know it sort of like 30 minutes and it gets kind of boring and they'll say one little thing that i really get excited about i'm like yeah let's go and like we just like jive on that for like 15 minutes or something and it's awesome uh because really at least the way i try to run it like the podcast is just getting to know a person and a conversation like it doesn't have to be a structured commercial thing it can literally just be a recording of a conversation between two absolutely people. how how long have you been doing that now um i think probably if i had to estimate about two years similar okay. to you i started in the pandemic um and then actually started out as a basketball podcast because i'm a huge basketball fan and i think my family and just had enough of listening to me talk about it during the pandemic. So <laughs> I tried talking to other people, um, which worked out somewhat for a little bit. And then probably just desperately wanting to talk to anyone at that time, reached out to like anyone I was interested in, like comedians, music artists, anything like that. And it sort of just formed there to a very like music focused thing. Yeah. Now, I mean, this might be the most serious question I have to ask because of the fact that you live in New York, you're from LA. So are you a Knicks guy? Are you a Lakers? Are you Clippers? Are you Lakers a Nets? Who, who's your team? I've I've had, especially now that I'm on in, in the Northeast, everyone's like bandwagon, bandwagon. And my go-to comeback is bandwagon since 2004. Like if you want to call me a bandwagon, Sure, fine, I get it. But I mean, I've been a Lakers fan like since before I could walk, grew up in LA, loved them since I knew what basketball was. And, you know, a lot of people, I now not feel like I got to defend myself. A lot of people like look at the Lakers and they're like winning, winning, like throwing money to just get all the best players. And I don't think that's what we do. I think we just have a good functioning front office and the fact that like, you know, we have a three-peat or like a championship and then it goes down for a couple of years, which is the part no one really talks about. We're like, we're not even making the playoffs. <laughs> and then our front office does their job well and builds the roster back up and we win another champ. And it's, it follows a way of like what a great team should be. I mean, obviously in an ideal world, you're winning the championship every year, but that's not like realistic. So probably like the ideal path for a sports team if you're gonna be a basketball fan lakers aren't a a, a bad team to kind of follow anyway yeah i mean i know i know that i've been a fan since then people around me know that i'm a huge lakers fan so i don't really care if like some random person is like you're a bandwagon one you know at least i know that that's not true and i can try to explain to them but whether they listen or not is up to them Yep. We're going to talk about The Truman Show, which is such a great film. So this was a pick that you wanted to discuss. So why did you want to talk about this movie? Before we get into kind of like the plot of the movie, why did you want to talk about The Truman Show? Yeah. So like, I have to be honest, the first time I saw it, it wasn't my, like my pick for a movie to watch. It wasn't something I was like out like looking forward to or trying to get the opportunity to see. 
just hanging out with friends that were like, Hey, we should watch Truman show. I've like, I've heard of it, never seen it. They're like, you have to watch it. Trust me. You'll love it. I was like, all right, all right, fine. Um, and I watched it. And since then it's been the top of my list for movies. Like I, I think like, I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but probably like one of the best movies made, um, like I, I love it. I love really anything like music, book, show, like anything that makes you think. I'm a huge fan of. So, like the fact that I came out of this movie questioning me, my reality, I was like, okay, this is this is a good movie. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, when was the first time you saw this film? First time I saw it was probably oh geez was it four years ago i i know it was before covid i just can't put together when before Mm. covid it was but probably four years ago um and then yeah like i said just hanging out with friends and then i've seen it multiple times since then in different settings like again hanging out with friends i had a film class that actually like played the movie and we watched and discussed it which i was a huge fan of because i had so many you know thoughts it being like my third time watching it yeah um yeah now you mentioned kind of like film classes did uh was there like a film class in specific like specifically that you watched this movie in at all or yeah so um i'm trying to think so i had an english class in my high school called uh words and images um where it was like in English class, you have discussions, you write essays, but it's more based around like music, music videos, movies, like not just the read this book, give me a book report, repeat type of class. It's like really expanding English to all kinds of things. I mean, we had a whole unit on like advertisements and advertising. And so like, I was super interested, um, in that to talk about you know in this case like storytelling in movie editing things like that um because i've always just like had an interest in that type of thing what i typically do on the show is i usually allow the the guests to kind of pitch this movie or give kind of like a little like plot summary do you feel comfortable like giving like a little like summary what this movie is about and then we can kind of like unspool the movie a little bit yeah you know i didn't prepare anything but i can sure try and it's uh, fine well you know we'll give you a little as, whatever and then i'll i'll fill in any gaps yeah, if, as a, if, uh, as if a possible truman lover i was gonna say you can definitely like fill in the anything sure. i missed and sure. like correct anything um so basically or the movies the movies showing you a real uh world with a reality show called the truman show that follows Truman, who is a guy, you know, lives a pretty average life, has a wife. Um, they're like tra- thinking about having a kid, lives in a suburban neighborhood, works a job. Um, I think insurance, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, so just an average like day-to-day guy. And the whole plot of the reality show is that his entire life has been broadcast or live streamed on TV. So since the day that he was born until now that he's like, I think in his forties, I would estimate or like around middle age, 
every moment of that has been on TV. The people in his life or in his family, two people watching it is, are like characters almost. Um, and they're all actors. And it takes place in this whole, I guess it's a movie set, but it's the size of like a city and has people all around it like a city. Um, and it's the point of the movie is that it basically is somewhat of a slow burn, but as it goes on for the first time in his life, Truman starts connecting the dots and sort of seeing that things maybe aren't as they seem and that this isn't a like a completely honest and transparent reality. I mean, that's a hundred percent the story. I mean, that that's that's what it is. I mean, right? You take this character that it's a reality show, which this movie would have came out in the late '90s, and you know, you're kind of in the midst of reality shows, like predating, obviously, Kardashian world, like reality show, but like your MTV reality shows, and everybody was watching, and this is a film that focuses on Truman uh, Burbank, Burbank, I think is his last name, and he lives in this town of Sea Haven, and since he was a unwanted pregnancy. He's just been a um, a television star through no willingness of his own, through no fault of his own. And everybody just watches every moment of his life. And whether it's a 30th or 40th anniversary of the show or what, I can't remember the, the exact number, there's this moment where things become, as you mentioned, just kind of like, an epiphany like we things aren't quite as they seem i'm obviously being watched and it's fascinating because of the fact that we in our own lives are the heroes of our own stories and there's this element of am i being watched is there you know like what what's going on around me and it's it, it tackles some really fascinating themes in in just the idea of what is reality what is reality and uh, the screenwriter Andrew Nichol, I think that's who it was who wrote it, um, or at least certainly the director. They they explore some really fascinating themes, and obviously the the acting performances are really really fantastic. But you get just a an onslaught of themes of what it means to be watched and what is what does it mean to. Um, discover your own self and your own humanity and and then understanding what it is to not um not be the center of our own universe which is a really really interesting theme that the movie explores where like not to jump ahead but one of like the defining moments in the movie is everybody like applauding like they've been watching this show for for decades and then they applauding him like all right he's getting out but what does that mean for themselves like what is it what does it mean for the viewers when they're when they're like appreciating this whole notion that all right well this is over and what we think is of reality what we believe to be reality is now like no longer existent it's it, there there's so many fun elements going on never mind the fact that You've got Jim Carrey at his absolute 
best that he's ever been, right? And I don't I don't say that lightly. Obviously, people that know Dumb and Dumber and people that know Ace Ventura and a myriad of other things, for my money, this is the best thing that Jim Carrey has ever done. At least in my yeah. own, uh, my Even own opinion. It's not like objectively the best. It's my favorite one of his, and I think the part of the movie that you sort of brought up reminds me every time of the real life equivalent of like imagine watching this extensive show maybe it's like i'll just bring up some of my favorites like the office the big bang theory some of these shows that have extensive runs and it's coming to the last episode um but imagine like being at your tv watching it live broadcast when it like when the finale aired like you're not watching it on a streaming service and you're like great all these characters have a great happy ending and then it ends and you're sort of like what do i do now or what do i watch now and things like that and so it's a very you know bittersweet feeling yeah and you know it what i mean there's so many different avenues that we can explore with this movie and i don't know if they're if we want to cover everything but I do think of our our god of the film in Kristoff, right? He um, Ed Harris, who we're not re- we, we we see him the very beginning of the movie, but then we don't see him for a really long time. But he's such a fundamental character in this movie, and what he what he kind of like introduces us to this world, it you know, sets everything up. But when he has that conversation before the like at the end of the movie, right? Like we get him at the beginning of the movie, then we get him at the very end, and you see this quote like director, but also the director is also kind of a weird form of us in that like we've created you, like we as yeah. viewers are also kind of responsible. Like he's he may be the parent, if you will, for like that, like a surrogate parent, if you will, for 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 Truman. But if nobody's watching, nobody cares. And which is also kind of like a morbid way of really looking at this movie. And it doesn't negate anything about Truman Burbank, but his entire everything this is is just us watching this 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 one journey. And it's I don't even I don't even know really where I I, I thought I had an idea of where but, I wanted to go with this conversation. But n- the more and more that I really like analyze this movie, it becomes you just it feel like you like uh, peel another layer of like the onion in that in that there's just so many different avenues where you can look at some person's humanity. But then we we as a viewer or a voyeur, we we think that we know somebody and we can go ahead yeah. and and put them in their own little kind of, I don't know, um, bubble that we know who they are and what they're doing. And there's this whole conversation that that Kristoff uh, has with them. And I've been with you and don't do this. Like he knows Truman better than Truman knows Truman, which is which is weird. But we also have this tendency to do that as viewers that we as audience members think that we know the, these characters better and the characters know themselves yeah. mm-hmm. and it's fascinating yeah there's just a huge like every time you think you have a solution or you think this should have been done there's always some sort of moral or ethical problem that like presents itself and you're 
always like there's always another option, another thing that could have happened. And even when you think you have a solution, there's a there's a point that can be brought up for why maybe that isn't the best option. And I mean, you, I, it really got me excited when you brought this up, but like Chris offering almost a surrogate parent or like a father figure to Truman, like there are characters in the show who are super against the Truman show. And they're like, you can't do this to a person. You got to let him live. And which seems like the right thing. And when you hear that, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. Go let him live, let him be free. And then Kristoff sort of shows his side, which is the moral conundrum of, hey, this was an unwanted pregnancy. There's a lot wrong with the world. If he's in here, he's safe. I can make sure of that. Like I'm controlling everything, not in a bad way, but in a like, this is what life should be. This is an ideal world. Um, in my eyes uh, type of situation. And so it goes from like, yeah, you should let them out. That's the easy thing to now like, huh, I really don't know what to do here. Like there are pros and cons to both sides. Now, I want to explore the plot a little bit more just in a more simplified perspective. Uh, Obviously we've covered a little bit of themes, but before I get there as refresh for those that maybe haven't seen it, we're talking about this movie like everybody's seen it, but, you know, maybe haven't. Uh, this is yeah. a movie that stars Jim Carrey. You've got Laura Linney, who's been freaking incredible over the past uh, several decades. One of my favorite actresses. Ed Harris, we we referenced Kristoff, is amazing. Uh, who else? Uh, we've got Noah Emmerich, who plays, like, his best friend in the film. We've got uh, Natasha McElone. Uh, who plays like this love interest that he had when he was a teenager. And that's kind of like his his out in this world. That's who he's trying to find, right? That and this mystery of his father, which we will get into a little bit uh, a little bit later. To simplify the plot just in a beat perspective, right? We we before we know this is a kind of somebody's watching somebody, we have this character and he's just living his day-to-day life and he's He's hit kind of like a little like midlife crisis and he's longing for a girl from his past, but he, he begins to suspect thing. People are following him and things are making weird sense in this small town. And then he also thinks that he sees his father, his father who has had passed away, but like, randomly you saw him in the street and it didn't make any sense to him and he's trying to figure this out and just unravels this giant giant mystery and and then uh he's one night outside and starts raining in only a very very small like crevice and he steps aside the rain isn't calling on him and then he steps over and then it starts raining on him and Oh my god, visually the movie is so great. And like I want to open up so many different like cans of worms, but I also know that even though this movie is so big, there's so many people that haven't still seen this movie. So I'm like like yeah. teetering on how much do I really want to give away on a movie that is at this point 25 years old. But there are a lot of people that don't know about this movie, which is fascinating because it's been in kind of like the zeitgeist of like like 90s cinema. But you look at this movie that had a relatively big budget, like 50, 60 million, which is a lot. Now, granted, 
most of that went right back into Jim Carrey's pocket, right? This is back when he was at his his top and he was making like 20 million per picture. I mean, this movie made well over $200 million in the box office. It was well received. And yet I talked to people on the street and they're like, you know, I've never seen that movie, which is fascinating to me because yeah. of the fact that like how iconic this movie just really is. I mean, I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah. Or so many people who are in the situation I was in when I first watched it were like, oh, I've heard of that. Oh, you know, I've seen pictures or clips of it online, but I've never sat down and watched it start to end. And I mean, yeah, to anyone who hasn't seen it, even if you have, like, you don't have to be a huge movie critic, movie fan. You just like, just like if you enjoy movies, just sit down and watch this. Or even if you have something as simple as like a family movie night, highly recommend this as one. Um, just really like encourage anyone to go watch it if movies are your kind of thing. Yeah. And I know I said Andrew Nichol earlier. Now, the that's who wrote it. Who directed it was uh, Peter Weir. Now, Peter Weir's resume is insane. If you are familiar with Dead Poets Society or if you're familiar with Witness, one of my all-time favorite films in the 1980s, uh, Green Card, which was like the movie like uh, about um, – it was like a, like a French uh, love – like rom-com, uh, Mosquito Coast, which – is one of like the most underrated films from the 80s. Another movie that starred Harrison Ford. And I know I'm forgetting a couple other things, but yeah, Peter Weir did that. Andrew Nichol uh, wrote the screenplay for this, but I think Andrew Nichol also wrote the screenplay for another iconic 90s film. So I don't know if you ever saw it, but Gattaca, which was another like kind of like high concept movie. But that movie was about another kind of like this isn't a sci fi film, but there's an element of sci fi in the sense of just like people kind of like watching. But in Gattaca, this is kind of like a in the not too distant future of where we can manipulate like genes to create kind of like the the perfect people, a perfect person, if you will. And that movie has um, Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman and Jude Law. A really, really cool movie. You oh, I see you I, raising your I hands. I did watch this movie because um, it, it's going to sound really random, but in my high school, there was a day, I can't even remember why. we were, I, Either like it was towards the end of the year or the teacher was sick or something, and they started playing this movie. And so I've seen the first half of it, but I haven't finished it. But like when you talked about like near like near future and you can manipulate genes i was like i have seen this before yeah. this is uh similar but yeah that's another great movie jeez i don't know if i finished that i shouldn't i need to get yeah, on heroic you need to go back and watch that movie is incredible yeah. and it comes out around the same time as this one but and you know and andrew nickel has done a couple films since but this is kind of like a great one-two punch of this movie and then i think he actually directed gattaca that might have been like his directorial debut and it was really good yeah. uh well received but it didn't make any money so that might have also been kind of something that like hurt him a little bit but i right now i'm just kind of like talking on my ass i don't know if that's actually factual but yeah. you still should see it but like we're talking about this movie and um let me if I want to break down this movie, we can go a myriad of different directions, but I already asked you kind of like why you wanted to talk about this movie, but 
when you think about this movie, when you like in the broad spectrum, what is it that stands out to you about why this movie here it is 2020, whatever it is, 2023. Like, why is this movie relevant now when this movie came out some 25 years ago? Yeah, I think, um, well, part of my reasoning, as I said from the start, is like making the viewer think and me especially like really think and it bring rather than other things that might have a similar effect it's a like relatable like there's no huge like visual effects there's no like aliens or anything like that like it's just a normal guy living in a seemingly normal like suburban neighborhood like almost everyone can relate to that or know someone like that um and similar to like the office that got super popular like why is it so popular i don't know you know why because it's just a workplace that like millions of people have something similar to and they just go and work and it's a pretty normal thing there are no huge stunts where someone like drives over 10 cars but there are the <laughs> silly little pranks that like two co-workers play on each other um and so i th- really think it's um or like even recently i've i'm a huge marvel fan so i'm i've been watching the uh, secret invasion the show where it's like yeah that does make me think in the same way as like could this ever be a reality could there be shape-shifting aliens among us but it's just what I brought up earlier, whereas like that's while maybe still possible, so much less likely than something like the Truman Show, where it with extensive budget could have been true 25 years ago when it came out. And now it not only could definitely be true, but we have things so similar to it. I mean, like not only is there reality shows like it, but on most like social media platforms, someone can pick up a device that billions of people have on an everyday basis and just stream their lives to the world for anyone to watch. Um, And so like something that's A, makes you think, and B, is realistic and relatable. That's the main thing that I think really makes this a sticking point as you know, other movies like might make you think, but it's super far in the future. So many effects like big sci-fi or it's something like that. And it's awesome and in the future, but it's just action packed and there's no like thought or theme in it. Yeah. Like Brooke, you like completely nailed everything that I kind of like want to discuss about this movie is this whole idea of reality. You discuss reality right now. This movie is all about kind of like, for lack of a better term, like the real reality versus like a fake reality, right? And that's what's so funny is this movie explores reality. And what what does reality really mean? Like, is there the reality in the lives that that we're really living? Or is it this, this reality in the lives that we believe we're living, right? And they're both reality, but is it a real reality or is it a fake reality? And this movie kind of messes with both of those and and it's it, it's a fascinating fascinating character study in that that 
the the realest thing in this world for everybody like the realest thing in this world for all the viewers was watching this fake reality of somebody on tv and that kind of explores this whole concept of reality television right i mean that's this this movie again i, I reference at the outset is a movie that's you know came out in the the late 90s but at this point MTV's the real world was like maybe five years deep. This was long before the Kardashians, long before uh, Paris Hilton show and a myriad of other things that was going on. But this movie really does take a deep, deep look at what does reality really mean, right? Like, and then you look at our own lives because we, as like simply put, we all live these, these fake lives that are, completely manipulated and controlled by all sorts of outside entities, whether it's advertisements, whether it's the media, whether it's our surrounding, whether it's our our environment, whether it's our families, like the, this whole like fake sense of what reality really means. And, and this movie takes a really fascinating look at it in kind of a comical way, but at its core with this movie is just operating a very, very deep level of what, what is real? What is reality? And, and it's, it's fascinating because this movie was so far ahead of the curve. Like if this movie would come out today, this is probably a movie that you would, you'd be seeing like nominated for like Oscars. Now, granted it was nominated for awards in its own day, but like now you look at a movie like this and it's so far ahead of the curve of what was going on. And you look at where we've now gone as a society and you're like, shit, dude, that guy was onto something when he wrote this movie 25 years ago and just yeah. what, what reality really means. So it's just kind of, uh, just when you brought that up, I, I just wanted to go off yeah. like on a little and tangent that, that because it, it's what this movie that, is. Like, you know, I, I watched it and I was like, dude, that was, awesome you're watching like you're just watching almost like a live stream of a person it's like reality tv or youtube or twitch and then it didn't even hit me until like later until like the second time watching where i was like hold on this movie is old enough that none of that was there yet there weren't Mm -hmm. youtubers there weren't twitch live streamers and this almost perfectly like predicted what it is now i mean i like there are so many streamers where their whole thing is they're not playing games there's no like visual effects and they're sitting there just talking to the camera or they're just living life and broadcasting that and so it somehow perfectly predicted what reality would become and in in like a um in in like a it's not really similar but in the same theme as older like classic movies um which i also watched in a <laughs> high school class if, if you couldn't you couldn't tell a lot of my high school course choices were what seems like the least work and gets me like to do something i'm interested in whether it's music or movies or something like that um but in a different course which was a history movie course um we watched invasion of the body snatchers which like you know i had heard of and I was like, all right, old black and white film, whatever. Let's get this over with. And watched it. And it was the same thing as the Truman Show where I came out of it questioning my reality. 
and it's sort of it's sort of like what I was saying earlier where yeah it has the same thought provokingness or themes as the Truman show but who would ever believe that these like aliens from another planet are coming and taking the form of someone you know like that sort of detached people from it and we're like okay this is a movie whereas like with the Truman show at the time it wasn't true but now it is reality like there is nothing to detach you can't say that would never happen this would never because all of it either has happened or could easily happen um and so like just things like that and now that I'm thinking about it I really feel like this whole secret invasion marvel thing is just a new version of invasion of the body snatchers but that's that's for another podcast yeah yeah i haven't, I haven't seen the uh kind of like the new marvel show that you're referencing but i know myself very very well when it comes to invasion of the body snatchers the old black and white and then the the 70s version uh as well and then there was like a, a version that came out uh I don't know, 15 years ago. Not as good, although it did have uh Daniel Craig in it, but it wasn't very good. But yeah, the I think I my favorite, I think my favorite one was like the 70s with like Donald Sutherland. Uh although the 50s was really, really good. Really, really good. But um yeah, yeah like so, j- just to give you a quick scope on this like Marvel thing, like there's um it's been in established in older marvel things but there's an alien race called the scroll which are shapeshifters they can see a human and like do that and the whole plot twist for or like big reveal in this show um that not not that it's like the big moment in the show that like it's what kicks off the show is that they've found the technology to have them not only copy someone's face but like take the thoughts and memories of them too. So now it's really like, there's no like, oh, ask this question that only this person would know. Cause if they know it now, the scrolls know it. And it's this whole thing of Nick Fury trying to say like, this is happening. Scrolls are here, they're attacking and everyone being like, what are you talking about? There are no aliens, like we're all just humans. And so it's the, and like, really really now that i'm thinking about it reminds me of invasion of the body snatchers where it's like please help there are aliens attacking and everyone's like dude that's a normal human they look like us talk like us everything like that Mm -hmm. is that are you a big fan of the show like the um yeah i'm a i'm a big fan of it i'm a big fan of really anything marvel because even even if it's not like even if I don't fall in love with it when I see like a new show or a new movie, I just love the fact that they're building out like an, a connected universe really. And like, yeah. the, I mean, when they started doing it, like the fact that this movie brought up something or revealed something in a movie that came out 15 years later, like blew my mind and was insane. And so um, just that whole like building on top of each thing and like adding to adding to older stories and then like helping like set up for new stories is awesome to me. Yeah. Um, one of the other questions I like to ask is if there's any scenes, any dialogue. But in this movie, I want to talk a little bit about character because of the fact that this movie is obviously we 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 spend a lot of time focusing on Truman. 
we focus a lot on the end and the beginning on Kristoff, and then we we focus on his love interest that is in the real world. But I'm really, really attracted to not just sexually, although Laura Linney is beautiful, I'm really attracted to the character of Meryl because she at her core is an actress, right? And this is just another like interesting critique the movie is having on the whole industry, if you will, right? This movie is really looking at somebody that is voluntarily pretending to be somebody's wife and pretending to be somebody's wife for years and years and years, but because she's doing on a camera, right? Like she's like, this is just a whole persona. There's there's no like onset offset. There's no Mm -mm. um, like, this is a job and this is like, it's like you're signing up for this to be your life. You're living with Truman acting as his wife. Like, you live on set, you're always in character, things always. like that. Like when they're getting married and like the the whole like till death do you part and she's like crossing her finger. Yeah. And which is it's just like kind of like a little like a low key mode, like like mode, like, wait, what is she doing? But then you're like really putting it together, like, oh, I see what's going on. She's essentially just sworn her entire life uh to be this character. And it's it's gotta suck because she's playing a character. And the person that she's trying to be is the love interest of the star of the show. And he doesn't like her and she doesn't like him. And there's like, like that, that whole, that whole line, like, you you don't even like me, you know, Uh, it's just, it's, it's just definitely kind of like just a, like a mirror up to the industry and just this whole idea of living a fake life for, for celebrity for success, for money, for fame. But what does that fame really mean in in this universe, right? You know, it's yeah. it, it's it's a fascinating kind of like conundrum, I think. Yeah, because it's, you know, as much as like a normal acting job, you can go out in public and people are like, oh, you're, you know, whatever, you're Truman from the Truman Show, things like that. In this case, really interesting because the actors don't really get that because their life is on set they're never really in the public they don't leave like the town that it takes place in and so it's really about um just like making a living as an actor and like this is your life now rather than that's your work and you go home this is your life now and it's really the movie doesn't, I don't think, really true, like really in deep, in depth, like explores this and not to get kind of dirty or sick about this. But there is an element of like kind of like this. I apologize, dear listener, but there's kind of like this element of kind of like prostitution that also exists that she is essentially getting paid to have sex with somebody on camera, although they 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 pan away as it's as it's discussed like it, it it's a weird weird element but again it's all for fame it's all for fame yeah. and just the the conflicted element that that Meryl's going through and then when she has her breakdown like this is not professional this is not professional 
but what is and, professional and that, for her? Yeah, like and, where 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 does that line blur for her? And it's I'm 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 just always when I watch this movie, I you know you see her like doing her little commercials in the background and doing different things, but. I'm always going to be attracted to Truman as a character because it's his story. But more I watch this movie, I'm I'm really, really fascinated by Laura Linney's performance as as Meryl in this world where it's a no win scenario. It's it's just there's nothing positive yeah. in any spin for her. And, and she's voluntarily living this fake life. So when we're talking about reality, what's her reality? Yeah, and something I wanted to bring up in the class that I had with the Truman Show is that, like, I mean, as much as people want to, again, like, similar to, like, or, uh, like tease or ridicule me for it, I'm a huge fan of Logan Paul, the YouTuber, and watching watching the Truman Show and having the thought of Kristoff, you know, he, they they do, like, and as it's discussed to like curtains or like the wall of the room, something like that when um when you know they get intimate, but Christoph has the quote that like he wants to when they have the first on screen conception of a child mm-hmm. and it's it brings up the conversation now of YouTubers or celebrities or influencers like like always going and always pushing and wanting to push the boundaries of their um whatever it is whether it's like a network tv show youtube channel they want to push the boundaries and how far will they go or what can they do that's like the next level what can they do that's never been done before and uh yeah it's just that interesting connection again to now something that seems so common and real but at the time didn't exist what do you think happens next for truman do you think he he finds the girl what do you what do you think happens to truman now that he's like spoiler alert he gets out of his world and now (laughs) he's going to go seek out the lady and she's uh trying to find him as well what what's next in i i think the big thing is that like you know I mean, we had the same discussion in the class, and my take was, I think he just goes on to lead a pretty normal life that is affected in the same way that, like, celebrities now are affected, where, like, he just has a home, he's looking for a partner, or maybe it is um, the, like, a girl that he's he wants to go to Fiji and, like, keep searching for and everything maybe he goes out on this journey to find her. But eventually I like to think that he settles down has a house and he's like just living a normal life with the occasional, like when he has to go out and do normal things, whether it's like grocery store, you know, go out for food, something like that. Like people recognize him and like flood up to him. And it's really just got to be weird for him in the sense of like, this whole time he thought it was just normal life and that he was Mm -hmm. living. Then he like quickly realizes in the span of like a day or two that it was all for TV and then it's fake. And now he's actually a worldwide celebrity and now has to, is in the real world and deals with that. Whereas like on the set, 
everyone knew he was a celebrity. They all knew it was a TV show, but they couldn't, you know, mob him. They couldn't ask for signatures. They were all playing a character. And so I think there's a lot of inner conflict with Truman where he, similar to the whole discussion as a viewer that we have, wants to go back to the bubble of like, okay, I don't want to deal with this. I just want to live life, not be bothered. But also I will now know forever that that's not reality. That's not the world. There's, you know, it's all controls. And so. Is there such a thing as free will? Like, you know, like this movie explores that idea of free will, right? I mean, we, in the end, it's like, all right, um, you know, uh, in case I don't see you, you know, good morning, good afternoon, good night, right? Like he he leaves, right? Like that's his choice. But at this point in his new his new world, is it truly free will or is it based on everything that he's already experienced and the decisions he's going to be making are based on everything that happened in that bubble? And it, it, it's a fascinating kind of... I don't know, kind of uh, exploratory conversation to have as far as, you know, what is what what does this move movie mean when this is really just kind of like a mirror at us like this? This movie isn't about society, right? This movie is about like a fake society like this is this is us and you've got Kristoff operating as kind of a, a deity that's kind of controlling things. And as a result of it, and if they can manipulate the, the levers here and there, is there really a free will? And, and is it really a free will if he's now going to seek out this love story of somebody that they planted in front of him, you know, and it's, it's, it, there's so many different layers to like unravel with this onion. And that's why I think for me as a, as an audience member, why I love this movie. Now, granted any film that I'm ever watching, I'm like an eternal optimist. I always want to root for my protagonist because of the fact that I invest everything, whether they're a good person or a bad person, any movie I ever watch, I like 100% wrap every fiber of my being into that protagonist all right this is my journey this is who i am i'm this person in this ride for better for worse and and um yeah so i don't know um i don't have a plot or a point that i'm trying to make you just said something just made me go down a different rabbit hole it is kind of funny that you say because like a lot of like i i'm the same way i'm an optimist i like to think that other people i've discussed the movie with were a bit more pessimistic where they were like you know i think he probably just won't really know what to do in the real world he won't understand like how everything functions things like that and then i i really love that one person that i talked about it was just like half joking but then we sort of started talking about it and was and it was no longer a joke but a realist in the sense of like he has to do he's you know again we're estimating like 30 40 year old person he has to buy a place to live he has to apply for a job he needs an id of some sort and these things that like seem so normal but like now you don't really know how that's gonna work because like i mean supposedly he'd have to contact whatever 
company or network was making the Truman show and do that. And we had the whole discussion of like, he was working in Sea Haven, so he must've gotten paid. But how does that transfer to like the outside world right. where like, does he like, does he have that money? Is that technically still the company? And we just got so wrapped up in something that's never like, to my knowledge, been talked about. Nothing that seems to be considered by like anyone who worked on the movie, but that can <laughs> be talked about just if you're, I guess, crazy enough to think that far ahead about uh, this movie. And so. Yeah, no, that's really funny. Just like when you even like analyze the like the extras in this world, like when he went into the building and nobody knew like, oh, shit, what do we do? He's in <laughs> here and they're all just trying to figure out like, all right, are we a bank? What do we like? They don't know. They don't know. Um, but what does that mean for him? Because he seemingly has a job. But even the bus driver doesn't even know how to operate a bus, which was one of like the like the great bits as he's like grinding the gears, trying to figure <laughs> out how to. Uh, how to maneuver a boss um the like kid extras is that him like like, just the and again just even this whole idea of uh, of people living in this world just to to be part of the the shit show like all right i want to i want to be in this ride uh man this movie is so rich and I don't want to say this movie is pessimistic because of the fact the movie it does have offer it offers hope but Apart from the third act, you look at this movie, there's a lot of, you can be, you can look at it like, man, society sucks. You can like, yeah. there's a lot to not be happy about. And, you know, you can be critical of our society. And this movie is obviously talking so much about it and, and really exploring some really, really deep elements to it. But as a result, I think this is a movie that we should stand back, appreciate, look at and kind of like analyze and psychoanalyze different themes that are going on within the film. Are there, is there anything about this movie that you wanted to kind of discuss that we haven't dialogue, key moments, funny um, little whips, I mean, whatever it not is. Really. I think we got to everything and sort of surprised me. That's already been an hour, but like, yeah, <laughs> this has whole... been a fun conversation for you. Yeah. Yeah, good, exactly. Good. That's, that's, that's why it seems like it just flew by. Um, but the whole thing of like, watching with people who are like sort of like you said like man this sucks man i would hate to live in a world like that and i sort of just want to be like well look around like these these things were like those like i think they're meant to be like twins or something like push them again up against a wall where there's an ad next to him or like you said like his wife is constantly just like out of nowhere reading ads to the, the camera are you talking he's like about? who are you talking to <laughs> that's such a great um, moment and in the it's movie. like that's literally life now because i like you know i'm driving somewhere and i'm using ways and it's like do you want to go this way that'll add 15 minutes to your drive but look there's a mcdonald's over here who paid us and it's like no like i want like you don't have to advertise in every aspect of life although that sort of more or less has been happening but it's so weird that like in reality you're used to it and a lot of us like don't even think about it and then you watch almost that exact thing happen in a movie and you see it so clearly and you're like wow that should not happen and it's like but it is yeah yeah heroic 
Oh my God, dude, this is our first time ever chatting together. I've thoroughly enjoyed a conversation. I want to extend an invitation anytime you want to break down another movie. This has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed our time today. Dude, I would I would love to. I'm I like I said, I do have an interest in movies. So like I will definitely if I feel like I have a movie that I really want to deep dive on, I'll let you know and I'll I'm I would love to come back on. Awesome. For the listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about your podcast, where they can find you, all that all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, the best place to find out about anything I'm doing, music, podcasts, anything. Just the other day, I just posted like a normal life thing about like me beating a video game I've been playing. So if you want just like general updates on me, at Heroic Music on Instagram. Um, for podcasts, it's Heroes Journey Podcast. You can find, uh, if you want video of it, it's on YouTube and Spotify. Otherwise, you can listen to it on basically anywhere you get your podcast. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, although Stitcher is shutting down soon. They actually revealed that to me. (laughs) Uh, Pandora, CastBox, like the platforms that I I hadn't even heard of before I started trying to distribute my uh, podcast. So feel free to listen there. As for my music, it's just my name, Heroic. Again, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, anywhere that you usually listen to music, I'm probably there. Um, and so, yeah, please give me a listen, both music and podcast-wise, and I hope you enjoy what you hear. What you hear. Awesome. I love it. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. Thank you again to Heroic for, for joining us. I'm so thankful that, uh, that we were able to have this conversation. The Truman Show is such a fun movie, and some of the themes that the film raises definitely lends itself to good conversation. And I think, I think we uh, knocked this one out of the park. So that's really all I've got for you this week. Definitely. As mentioned at the outset, please leave a review, subscribe, tell your friends and uh, take a look at the, the show notes. So you can also subscribe to heroics work, but that's all I've got. So I guess I guess really the only way to kind of wrap this episode is in the way of uh, Truman Burbank. Good morning. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. We'll see you next time on another episode of San Francisco.